Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jill Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Hello, everyone. It is Jamie Jill Wright here at Mad Lit Musings. And today we're going to have a very subdued conversation. We're going to be talking about some really serious topics because I have a non-comedic, non-romantic author. Just kidding. I have <laughs> Bethany Turner with us today. <laughs> I was like, you? oh, maybe, maybe Jamie Show doesn't know me at all. Oh, wait. Yes, she does. <laughs> okay, like, wait, we're good. What serious topic are we covering? Because I'm like, I'm not prepared. I did I not, do do not know what to say. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a blast to have you. And um, it's exciting because I don't think you and I have ever really had a good conversation, just the two of us before. So no, this haven't. is literally the readers who are listening are, are eavesdropping into our first coffee chat ever. Yeah. Which you did just a moment ago. I have to be like, we have to start hitting record because I mean, right. we were already just diving into life. I know. And, I know. Yeah. Well, our, our way of diving into life was snarky comments <laughs> and meet and all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> so first and foremost, first yes. and foremost, people who are listening and who, who don't know you, which is a shame if they don't, and, and a little bit astounding if they don't, but if they don't know you, you are kind of the queen of dramedy and romance. If mm. if I'm I'm putting that out there right, like comedy, it's, a little bit of drama, romance. Yeah, I mean, how do you describe much, yourself? I, I describe myself as a romantic comedy author, but the thing that I think is different about my books, sometimes as opposed to what people sometimes expect from romantic comedy, is that I believe the funniest stuff is in the real stuff in life. Mm. So, um, and also the most dramatic stuff is made easier with laughter. And so I try to very much infiltrate, um, I mean, there's, there are hard topics, but it, yes. at its core, it is romantic romance and it is comedy and, <laughs> but we're just trying to be sort of real about it. And that's, that's what's kind of fun because I think sometimes we need to be able to find the comedy in real life. Amen. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, it's that old phrase, like I can either laugh or cry. Right. And, you know, but I think sometimes the best moments come when you're doing a little bit of both, mm-hmm. um, you know, like in, in writing and in life. I know some of my favorite moments are, of, you know, when someone breaks through your literal breakdown and they say something funny that makes you laugh and you're right. blubbering and, you know, it's just, it's like they are, I, th- I feel like it's kind of like love and hate in mm-hmm. a lot of ways when you're writing love and hate, love and hate, they are actually so similar really as far as the reactions and the, all of that. So when you can mm-hmm. use it all together, you can create something sometimes. Right. Exactly. That, exactly. That's a perfect way of explaining it. And it's fun to read those types of scenes too, where you're like in the middle of a story and your heart is just wrenching for the character. And you're like, oh, this is so tough. And then suddenly something way off the wall happens and yet you're sitting there going that would totally be me that would have happened to me and it's extremely realistic as far as it could happen even though it's off the wall yeah absolutely I think that's that's the the perfect thing because it's like the you know the reality in in my books and in so many books I love it's like okay yeah your situation is nothing like these characters and you're never going to find yourself in this situation and yet when we get down to the core of the emotions of it it's like oh yeah that's I've been through that exact same thing just on a different scale and so yeah once you can touch into those things it 
Yeah, it's authentic, yeah. I think, Absolutely. of who we all are. So, so the book that just came out is called, it's it's a really deep title too. It's called it Bryn is. and Sebastian Hate Each Other. So a love story. A love Gotta story. A, a love story. Yeah. <laughs> Which yes. is an axiomor. That's kind of an important part of the title. Bren and Sebastian is. hate each other. A love story. Exactly. Because that's a perfect oxymoron. So tell us a little yeah. bit about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is the story of Bryn Cornell, who is a, um, she's the host, newly appointed host of the number one morning show in the country. So think like, you know, the Today Show, Good Morning America, that sort of thing. And she just got elevated to the number two on the top couch. So big, big time. Um, and then at the end of her first week, um, she basically gets caught on a hot mic, um, revealing that she's actually kind of a mean girl and everyone who loves her the world over and thinks she's the sweetheart and like, she's called America's ray of sunshine. Oh. And yet she's actually a mean girl and it's all an act a little bit and gets caught. And so her only chance of, um, saving her reputation and saving her career, uh, is to go back to her, tiny little small town hometown in Colorado which is, was the um the main subject of her tirade ah. on the air so they um they dislike her more than all the rest now at this point and she has to go back and try to make nice and convince everyone that she's actually a good person yeah. um she was just having Sebastian, a bad day with a hot mic she was just having a bad the pressures yeah. of stardom oh, you know so those tough. things she's willing to go to rehab but they don't think that'll be enough you know it's like it's right. one of those things and um, yeah, so she's got to go home and kind of face the music, um, and more importantly, face Sebastian Sudworth, who she has no idea who he is, but he's a Pulitzer winning journalist who has made, um, that little town, his hometown now, um, after basically a complete career and personal meltdown. Oh. So recipe for disaster. So say they sound like, they the sound things. like a pair. They are a pair indeed. They both, neither of them can stand anything that the other stands for. <laughs> so it's, you know, lots of banter, lots of witty tirades and put downs. And yeah, it's very fun to write. Jabs. You can get all your angst out, I bet, when you write mm -hmm. stories. Like everything that you wanted to say during the day to real people, you just put in the book to fake people. Absolutely. And no one's feelings are hurt. Absolutely. It's the best. I mean, and then you get to actually take it a step further and kill people. I do. Which I am a little jealous of, I won't lie. Well, you could insert a killer into your books. I mean, you I could. could. You could I do could. like a like a meat cute with a serial killer. <laughs> Someone told me I that. Could. That's a great idea. Whoever That's a great, I'm not that. sure who came up with that. Bethany <laughs> Turner. <laughs> yeah, a meat cute with a okay, serial let's, killer. Which just, is just, amazing just for the heck of it. Just for the heck of it. Yeah. If you are going to write a book. Yes. with a serial killer yes, and give this serial killer a romantic meet cute okay what would you do well here's okay here's my first question is this is there any redemption for the serial killer are they always I mean like they're are they like and I don't know I can't as a rom-com writer I can't redeem a serial killer well, I was but gonna, am yeah. I okay with that I'm That's okay fine. with that I was gonna say okay. it's just gotta be comedic so irony okay, works cool. well then I think I mean, it could definitely be someone who walks in on the serial killer escaping the scene of a crime. Oh. Um, like dead body right there. <laughs> Instead like, of yes. a bouquet of roses, here's yes. a dead body. How do you like me now? 
And maybe, here we go, here we go. The person who walks in helps them cover up the crime because they secretly think that they accidentally killed this person because they had like something to do with poison. And so they think they're responsible for the death. The serial killer knows they just killed them, but neither of them acknowledge this and they both help cover up the, the murder. This is quite entertaining. I like where this mm-hmm. is going. Okay, yeah, so then work. that's their meet cute. And then they eventually fall in love. But then what happens when said not killer who thinks she's a killer realizes that the serial killer actually is the killer. And this isn't his first time. Right. Well, it could go a couple different ways. I mean, it, they could go the direction of now they work together and she helps him cover up or he helps her. Maybe she's the serial killer. We, I shouldn't say, you know, it's still to be decided. You know, you know now that we're talking about this, did you realize this has been done? I did not realize that. I just realized but it I'm as not we're surprised. talking. No, I, I, as we're talking, I'm thinking, wait, this happened in Dexter. Oh, see, I never watched Dexter this, because I, just, I can't handle gore. Honestly. Oh, you know, it's a lot of fake blood. It just looks like ketchup yeah. spreading on the walls. But, okay. it, you know, it's not necessarily a show I would recommend just because there's stuff in it. But I will say that he meets another girl who is supposedly a murderer and there's a meet cute and then they end up kind of assisting each other. Well, there you go. So I just stole oh. a plot line from Dexter, but I didn't know it's it. called so plagiarism, be- Bethany. It's called plagiarism. <laughs> It's called being too late with a great idea. That's well, it's, it's really called. funny as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, this would actually make a neat premise. And then my brain's going like, oh, maybe I should write this. And then I had like characters, you know how when you're thinking about a character, what they would look like, I mm-hmm. had them pop into my head. And I'm thinking of the guy who played Dexter would make a really good guy for a model for that. Oh, and then I thought of this other woman. And then I'm like, wait, because I'm thinking of them because this is, oh, this is their it's, story. It's It's been done. But I will say the way I picture it, because I had not seen Dexter okay and um in my mind it's very much like a Jason Bateman oh like but like it's because we got to go for the comedy in my version Mm -hmm. of course Mm -hmm. and so a Jason Bateman maybe maybe a Paul Rudd I hate to bring my love Paul Rudd well he's kind of hanging on your wall right behind you he 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 literally is always yeah he's just staring at Um, me through this whole podcast it's disconcerting to say the least he's there he's also all over here because he is Sebastian Sudworth um in my inspiration so so paul is everywhere um but he wouldn't he be great as this super charming serial killer he would yeah so and then somebody like uh i don't know who the actress is yet but like maybe um, you could be the actress (laughs) okay i won't turn down that role if paul red wants to be (laughs) in a serial killer romantic comedy with me let me just quick send an email to his agent here please do paul rudd (laughs) we have an epic movie slash book deal for you starring <laughs> the romantic lead mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of bethany and of Turner. course the email address is agent of paul rudd at paulrudd.com right oh, of course right. okay cool right. yeah i thought i had that right so yeah, cool. it's really really easy to get a hold of him it's mm-hmm. just he puts it all out there for everybody that's good he's he's <laughs> he's the everyman <laughs> <laughs> so is paul rudd the um heroic model for all of your um book heroes or just sebastian just sebastian um i mean i will say there's always a um there's always an aspect of paul rudd in every hero i write i i really because i love that well not every almost every i think of a couple but not but for the most part because i love that i do love that every man and i love that like he is 
he's very handsome in my opinion and yet if you just look at a picture of him without the personality of Paul Rudd he's just a normal good-looking guy you know it's the personality it's the character it's the little bit of nerdy I I do love that in my heroes yeah Yeah. very much so I was kind of surprised when he got named the sexiest man alive I was just surprised it took so long (laughs) well I was surprised (laughs) because he's he doesn't necessarily fit the stereotype so it was a pleasant surprise like okay I'll give you that thank you for not always having to put a hero into the box is some alpha male, studly, muscular, chiseled jaw. Yeah. Sportsy dude. Yeah. I think that we're kind of as a society, it seems like moving towards that's the type of guy we like is the Paul Rudd of the, you know, who it's like, he's, he's pretty chiseled as Ant-Man and yet he's still this dorky guy. And, you know, Ryan Gosling, very chiseled. And yet, as Ken, he's ridiculous. And Ryan Reynolds is ridiculous. It's like we've started really, which I will credit George Clooney for making us love that type of guy. Uh, he does do that role very well. He does. He does. Yeah. It's like he's always so George Clooney handsome. Right. And yet there's just something about him where you're like, I really believe I could be friends with this guy. Right. Because he seems very normal, even though, of course, he's not. I have met his parents, but anyway, that's oh. a different story. Well, there we go then. I have so, not met George Clooney's parents. There you go. And I am closer to George than you are. That's you all. Are. That. You're you're far closer to George. Than- <laughs> well, we're both from Northern Kentucky. Okay. So you know, there's was that it like a grocery like- store meeting? No, it was, well, with his dad, I met his dad when I was a kid because he was the uh, master of ceremonies of a marching man competition that my sister was in because he was, Nick Clooney is a celebrity in his own right, Right. but he was very much a local celebrity at that time. And then Nina, his mom, owns a little store in downtown Augusta. Oh, neat. Still, like George's little hometown. Um, And I walk into the store and knowing she owns it, Wanting to just go because, hey, George Clooney's mom owns this store. Right. She's literally working behind the counter. <laughs> it was the most adorable. And it was my birthday. And Aww. she sang happy birthday to me and told oh. me stories about George. That's so sweet. It was That's amazing. So I love how I love it when like celebrities are brought down to a more mm-hmm. hometown level where so, they seem like real people versus paparazzi media yeah. airbrushing. Right, right. Which I think, you know, not to tie everything into book, but you know, it's like that is that is like I guess I should try to promote my book a little bit. We probably should talk about um, Bryn and Sebastian hate each other. A love story. Okay, what available now wherever books are sold. Um, (laughs) It's yeah, it's um, very much that of you know Bryn and Sebastian being these these very well known famous people in their selective mediums. Um, and yet in this little town, they're just them, which for Sebastian is exactly what he was seeking. And he's Mm -hmm. wanting to just for the first time in a long time, not be a celebrity. And of course, that's the same thing that Bren wants nothing to do with because she's worked her entire life to become a celebrity. So, but there is something very much about a small town that just kind of brings you down to earth a little Mm -hmm. bit for better or worse. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there really is. I think part of the thing with small towns too, is people kind of I mean, there is a degree of separation, and yet there's also a everybody knows everybody else's business concept. Uh-huh. Um, so even if you don't know them personally, you know of them. You know of them exactly. You know of them. 
So, yes. well, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool. All right. So readers who read your book, do they get um, any faith element or is it just pretty much straight up romance or what's, what's your thoughts on all that? It honestly varies based on the book. Okay. Um, you know, my first, my first romantic comedy was a book called um, The Secret Life of Sarah Hollenbeck. And it's like overtly faith element. Mm -hmm. um, and then my next book as well. And then it was kind of a little less in the third book and it wasn't by design. Mm -hmm. um, but what I started kind of discovering, um, at least for me personally, was I loved the idea of, of the, I don't need to preach to the choir. I guess it, right. on, on the things, you know, it's like, I love the idea of being able to pull in these new readers who, mm -hmm. you know, wouldn't pick up a book if they thought it had right. a faith thread. Right. And yet um, the faith thread in my mind is on every single page, of course, because yeah. how do you escape it when it's part of part you of and you. it's who you yeah. are? Yeah. And so, you know, like this book in particular, uh, Fred and Sebastian Hate Each Other, a love story available worldwide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a great Christmas present, New Year's Day present, Easter baskets, fill your Easter baskets exactly. right now. Exactly. Whatever season you're listening to this in, it's perfect for this season. Um, but it's very, um, I mean, it's the prodigal son it is, yeah, okay. is what it is. And yeah. so... Um, you know, and to me, like the um, the father and the prodigal son, who, of course, representing God and, and mm -hmm. you know, and yet to me, the town is the father as sure. far as how they accept her back and all these yeah. things. So it's like and, and but that's stuff that I won't say as I sat down to write it. I was I'm going to write a modern rom-com version of the prodigal son. Right. Not at all in my thoughts. And yet it's just these things that are who you are. Mm -hmm. are always on the, always making their way onto the page. So. Well, and I think and, honestly, that's a lot of times more um, relatable, whether you're coming from that belief system or not. Um, yeah. Cause it's more organic. Agreed. It's, it's not this, Oh, we need to infuse it with spirituality. Exactly. You know, and just being able to to start a conversation and to, mm -hmm. I mean, and truly it's, I mean, all we have to do is look at the example that Jesus set for us right. as far as how we interact with people. Jesus didn't walk up to people and start saying, okay, I got to preach to you now. So sit down and you're going right. to listen. <laughs> no, well, he let me needs. talk to you about your eternal security yeah. right now. Exactly. Like, There's a tree trunk. Uh, sit down, sit down. You're going to listen. Uh, sit down. I got this. Yeah. I mean, that was not the Jesus way. No. And, you know, and, and, and that's not to say that there's not a place for every type of book. I believe mm -hmm. there is. It's, mm -hmm. but I don't feel necessarily like I'm called to that. I feel more like it's okay. Engage. Yeah. Um, get people to listen to the yeah. story you have to tell and maybe they'll find something in there. Right. Maybe they won't, but we'll still all have a good time together and right. it'll be fun. Right. And I think honestly, relationships are so much more meaningful when it's coming from a viewpoint of just being real versus yeah. having an agenda that you're specifically trying to achieve with something. And, you know, I do that even with some of my books, some of them are more overt and some of them are more like what she never even, did she say something about God in there? Right. You know, but it's one of those things where then you have conversations with people who would never read a Christian novel Exactly. And then they're kind of like, it seemed like maybe you had elements of faith. Well, actually I did. And then you can um, have these great conversations because they just kind of evolve from it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like I, my, my first book, so how my first rom-com so like i said secret life of sarah Holland Beck, and she was a steamy romance writer who becomes a christian and then falls oh. in love with her pastor so like <laughs> sorry <laughs> i knew that but i forgot that and so it just made it me was laugh like, all over again <laughs> so out there in some ways and like it was oh it was a scandal within certain you know christian fiction Girl circles clutching. uh-huh and yet and i had these people write to me like what an opportunity i missed by not showing her baptism. And I just have to say, among all the other things, and I'm not even to get too deep about this, but I'm looking at a page, I mean, a story on the page, and I'm knowing that, okay, who would have baptized her? Oh yeah, the hot pastor that she's falling in love with. Yeah, they would have loved that, which, Mm -hmm. because the thoughts that this character would have had, it's like, it's like, think about it. It's not about an agenda. And I have to check off these, this checklist of make sure right. it feels this, 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 and this. It's like, no, it's telling a story. It's yeah. being authentic to these characters. Mm-hmm. And the idea, that's the thing. There are stories, you know, this is my one little soapbox moment and then I'll step down, but that's fine. I feel like <laughs> there are stories for everyone, ways to tell stories. I think that's all great. What mm-hmm. I cannot stand is the um, attempts to every try to pigeonhole everyone into what one person's viewpoint is. Right. I I just can't take that. And it's like if that is what we if that is how we approach things, it's like there's not even thought from people of how many people are being left out by that. Right. And oh, absolutely, so absolutely. It's stepping off soapbox now, but there we go. I like that soapbox. That that's a soapbox I can I can help support. <laughs> thank you thank you (laughs) and it wasn't really that offensive either so (laughs) okay good I try I try not but you know you were talking about the baptism thing and then I was thinking oh um and then you you do write about a baptism and then you don't represent baptism correctly because within the Christian it's yep world how many different viewpoints on baptism are there not that we need to go off into that rabbit trail but right but it's true you know some are you know like adult baptism child baptism full immersion sprinkling i mean it just that and some of it may or may not be important but maybe it's extremely important to some and others like i don't care exactly and you're bound to offend someone you are you are yes and so yeah it's like but i think i offended fewer people by not having a baptism (laughs) Honestly, I think you probably did. I probably did. I probably did. But also it's like more than anything, it was never a thought in my mind because it wasn't key to the story that I was telling. Now that you're bringing it up though, I'm trying to figure out if I've ever even read a book outside of like a biblical fiction set in like New Testament era where there was a baptism. Probably not. And I can't think of one. I can't think. No. And yet... You know, how dare I not? Because she became a Christian. So clearly. I need to go back and change all my reviews for your books to one star, no baptism. Please do. (laughs) I would have given this five stars, but there was no baptism in this novel. Next title. I would have given this five stars, but there was no no baptism. And the next time I see Bethany, she throws a bucket of water on me and says, there. There's your baptized. And I love the, I would have given it five stars, but, but I think it's almost even better if it's just one star, no baptism. Like that's what more is there to say. There's nothing (laughs) more to say. Nothing more to say. What if you had a meat cute? Okay. Okay. What if you had a meat cute with a serial killer who felt it was his job to baptize people 
And then he would hold them under too long because he was so into the moment of baptism. That then, (laughs) this is bad. I'm going to stop now. We're going to, you're going to get letters. (laughs) Do people send letters anymore? I don't know. (laughs) I do. So that means everyone does, right? I'll probably get some emails. All of a sudden, my rating on YouTube just plummeted. back down to two listeners and two subscribers yes. and of course m- my review will be one star too much baptism <laughs> <laughs> your review you go on to spotify and leave me a spotify podcast review mm-hmm. jamie one star serial killers never baptize their victims <laughs> there's never that's the victims <laughs> that is so unrealistic <laughs> like what Except yet we're still talking about this and my brain is literally, I can feel the story in the back of my head. Do you have that happen to you? Always. always. I was just like, I'm like, oh, but what if you had a really religiously inclined serial killer who felt it was his duty to make sure that everybody was appropriately saved before he enacted God's justice? See, that seems very realistic. I mean, like actual, not like normal people realistic, but serial killer realistic. <laughs> like does. I could see that that could happen. Yeah. Could and then happen. maybe one of the victims is just finds it extremely romantic that he's that concerned about her <laughs> spiritual welfare. Okay, I'm, I'm having a tougher time making that. I would feel realistic start barking, barking with laughter. Although, sound like I a mean, donkey like, brain. <laughs> same people who fall in love with you know criminals and have these letter love affairs with people in jail i mean those same type of people might fall in love you should do that for a book (laughs) that would be a hilarious rom-com like ex-con meets like the pastor's daughter (laughs) and you could call it pastor's daughter and ex-con stay alive a death story (laughs) it fits with your brand it is with my brand but see I I see wow but I feel like it has to be a love story so it's like it would almost be like ex-con and pastor's daughter against the odds a love story that would work or something like that because I have to make people know that there's going to be a happy ending in this well you know and honestly though like in all seriousness it would make an interesting premise (laughs) only because like I was on the other night, I was watching videos on YouTube of like these really amazing worship sessions that were going on inside prisons. And okay. a lot of the different prison ministries where convicts are actually finding yeah. like redemption and things like that. So it would be an interesting idea. That would be. Although I mean, like, then yes. you don't want to rant, romanticize the idea of falling in love with ex-cons because and yeah. Well, anyway. Although, I mean, it can happen, you know. It can happen. It can happen. It happens. And, and who's not, who's, you know, this, this ex-con could go on to do amazing things. It really could. I wrote an ex-con into my book. That was really sweet. See, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And if played by Paul Rudd, women would love him. (laughs) And we come full circle here at Mad (laughs) Book Musings. Back to Paul Rudd and Jamie being offensive. Leave us a one-star review and thank you for listening today. Oh, oh my goodness oh my goodness okay well so the book is called Brynn and Sebastian Beat <laughs> Each Other a love story a love story and readers can find out more about you and less about me by going to what 
about you? Um, cbethanywright.com is a good way to find me. So C like S-E-E and write like W-R-I-T-E. It's so obvious to me. And yet people are always like, letter C? Oh. R-I-G-H-T? I'm like, what would that mean? What would, yeah. Uh, like, so. like maybe your first name was Carmina? Carmina Bethany Turner. So it's C. Bethany is what I go by. Like Carmina Bethany Turner writes, right. <laughs> dot com lady at... carmina bethany turner right <laughs> dot com dot com there's not one single person listening right now that knows what just happened in this podcast i'm not sure there's anyone still listening <laughs> they probably all abandoned us yeah they're probably trying to figure out where i stand on ex-cons and serial killers and where you stand uh, on baptism baptism <laughs> And anywhere you go with this, it's not going to end well. No, we really <laughs> needed a lot of people here today, Jane Joe. We really have. We really have. But yeah. for the record, I can attest that both Bethany and I love Jesus. And yes, we do. I think he covers us with a multitude of grace for all our mistakes. I'm so glad that he does. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. yes. Okay. So, see Bethany. Right. Right. Dot, dot com, com. yeah as in the word c double e s that did not work c double e no s e okay like c dot run c bethany run c bethany walk c bethany write oh perfect that was perfect i'm not gonna so even embellish go. anymore okay okay let's leave it at that we got the website and down and people can text me I'd love it if they text me. Okay, that's an unusual one. Yeah. So my number, <laughs> for real. Throw out the number. 970-387-7811. 970-387-7811. Yes, ma'am. You heard it here, folks. Direct line to Bethany Turner. Text me. Your, yep. your phone's going to go off today with, how do you feel about baptism? Really? <laughs> Bring it on. Bring me all your baptism questions. I will I will refer you to scripture because I'm no baptism expert, despite right. what I may have made it sound like today. <laughs> and then your other text will be, and do you have Jamie Joe's number? Because I really need to talk to her about her opinions on all things criminal. Like send on your email to agent of Jamie Joe Wright right. at jamiejoewright.com. <laughs> And the answer you're going to get is really canned. I believe everyone is redeemable, but everyone is also a sinner. So there. There yeah. you go. What right. more is there to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to say it again. Brandon and Sebastian hate each other. A love story out now. Grab it at any of the online book retailers that you want to shop. And we love, love, love indie stores, brick and mortar stores. So support those. And then if you get a chance, ask your library to pick one up too. Yes, please. And that's always a plus. So Bethany, thank you so much for putting up with me today. And for being (laughs) guest, my friend. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.
www.thepurpleshow.com.